0: The subject of this evening's talk is on the mystical experience. As as human beings, we're all too often aware of our limitations Of our finiteness, and how compact we are. How compact, how small, rather tiny, little life is, and we rather live in in such a way that we kind of plod through life, plod on from one day to the next. And we live with so much confinement, a tightness, and we live in a very defined way. And so often in living in this defined way it seems too that we're living rather mechanically of a fixed will. Motioned along, pushed along by something we don't really understand. by some forces of power, which we haven't really come to grips with. And so we find our tiny little life pressing on, sometimes steadfastly, sometimes indecisively. And at times, within that restriction we yearn for things that have gone by. Things that we've, that we've known, that we've had. And we arouse the images of the mind to live in that, in that of the old. That which was nice and good and worthwhile having and our mind, and therefore our life comes back sometimes in a rather tired way, in a rather restricted way, back into the present and so often it would seem the sheer monotony of the present. And the monotony of it and the very frequency makes the future a little bit more attractive. And we plod on. Not perhaps quite sure where. Not perhaps quite sure towards what. But the force of life, the power, the motion of things, presses us on. And even when we're in the confines of the present moment, and even though it may hold much, Contain much which we don't know about. Still, there's restriction. Still, there's this limitation, this confinement, that fixed will pushed to this and and pushed to that, and the mind which seems to suffer the monotony of habit, the monotony of doing the same old thing again and again, in the same old way. And we kind of grope along in that way, day-to-day life. occasionally some other forms of experience enter our life make things often very short-lived not having much lasting influence. Come into our life which are different. Inexplicable. Can't quite put a handle on it. We may have done something very deliberate to try to induce that experience because of the tiredness of our mind, the dullness, the shoddiness of our mind. And so through some action, through the taking of something, through the doing of something, we induce or we bring about, in the mind, a new form of experience. And our new form of experience, whatever it might be, in relationship to the old, seems, so to speak, to bring, even if only momentarily, a little bit of light into our life. And perhaps, even if just for a short while, in the motion and movement of existence, a little of the drudgery of everyday living is dissipated. that form of experience coming into the field of consciousness altering consciousness altering the perceptional faculties may vary considerably may be quite different from one person to the next And may, owing to the imagery, owing to the yearnings of the heart, the longings of the deeper recesses of oneself, in accordance with the time and place of where one is, may be in accordance with the culture that one has been born into, But there has been, short-lived as it may be, a different form of experience, a different form of, of event in life. Some have this experience, this form of experience, some have had it, Some hope to have it. And the experience and the depth of it, whatever that experience, that unusual, that mystical, that inexplicable form of experience, whatever it is, may run shallow, or it may run deep. For some, maybe a turning point in the life fresh experience bringing about a different kind of perception and though the days go by and the life moves on and we therefore move on with it there's some change, slight, moderate, but some change. And For some, experience becomes very important. To have some experience. To experience something different. Because through that, by that means, there's a little light, some description, and with that light, there is some hope. The spiritual experience takes many shapes and forms is widely diverse. And the spiritual experience may come cultivated in some way or other, induced in some way or other, or quite spontaneously. Yet it's never the same. And so often, when only the mind is listening, when only the thought is operating in the listening, all that there can be is, I have had such an experience, or I haven't had. I know what you're talking about, I don't know. I believe what you're saying, or I don't believe. But I wonder if experience and spiritual experience needs that kind of thinking. I wonder if speaking and listening can be from inside, from inside the heart. And in that speaking and in that listening, both, both the actions, both the motions, with regard to what is taking place is of a different order. When one is listening with the heart. When one is speaking with the heart. In experiencing And in the experiencing of life we can experience in a very fragmented way. A mind, fragmented through its cherished interests, through its vested interests, engages in motion And through that motion, solidifies. It solidifies one thing from another. It separates one thing from another. In that very solidification, and in that very separation, we separate ourselves. We alienate ourselves. We fragment like a shattered mirror, ourselves, from the total picture. In the course of any development, of any awareness in life, We find ourselves in a desert and rather, like your lost ones, separated. And we feel this separation. And with our motion of thought, the motion of events, the separation becomes stronger. And the very frequency of it, the very continuity of it, makes us believe in it. Makes us take take it for granted. And then perhaps for a few, some form of experience some form of event takes place. You walk outside one day. I hope you're listening. You walk outside one day and you open your eyes and you look around and perhaps so short-lived as it may be, just perhaps for a single moment, in walking outside and in looking around, you sense, possibly, momentarily, a little of the unity of things. And for once, the petty trivial mind, with its preoccupations with me and I, and me and I, are not operating. And that fixed will of me and I, just then, in that moment, is not functioning. And there's a little intimation, tiny intimation perhaps, that there might Despite the madness, despite the hysteria, despite the oppression, despite the fear, there might just be, after all, a little unity in this life, a little oneness in this life. one just takes it from the outside, and takes it to the inside. Takes it to the inside here, the inside the meditation hall. And if there's much motion of mind, movement of body, action, and if one looks in that way, very easily, And very quickly, that's all one sees. One's eyes and mind can move around, body and mind move around, and one can just see activity, separation, division. But one too, can look with another eye, a little more sensitive, a little bit more steady and see that this first eye of division and diversity of fragmentation and alienation is just one perception, one interpretation, one observation, and yet another may be quite different, wider broader, deeper, and carrying with it a little more openness. Are we, are we together? A little more observation, a little bit more sense of unity. And the person, in that very observation, and in deeply experiencing something which is fairly obvious, nothing very special, can so easily, and so quickly, make a great division. A great division between the differences on the one hand, and the importance and the value and the unity on the other. And one or the other become the primary focus in life. The drudgery and the separation and the alienation and the petty mindedness on the one side contrasted with the other side of the sky and the earth the trees, and the flowers, and the city buildings, and the people going about their business, and people sitting and talking, and all the diversity of that, yet within a unity. And in that unity, in the very expression of that unity, observing it, seeing it, sensing it and experience it, experiencing it the solidification of separation diminishes and the eyes and the ears and the mind itself in the ordinary everyday things becomes the revelation of a certain unity of a certain harmony. Are we still together? Are we still together? And in the course of genuine in a development, the fragmentation of mind, brought about by greed, by anger, by confusion, the very measure of that development shows itself in a, in a, in a gradual way, in the diminishing of those separating, alienating influences. And for some, in the very course of that development, with the diminishing of those alienating influences, other forms of experience, or experiences, may arise giving a little bit more hope, bringing in a little bit more light. And in that bringing in a little more hope, a little bit more light, through a sensing of a little of the unity of things, and a little bit less of the separation, the mind evolves. And in that very unity which is seen, it's like water seeing water. Not living in fear of each other. It's like light seeing light. Not living afraid of what's out there, what's in front of the eyes, what's behind one's back. It's like living with love, which sees oneself in others. And all of that deepens and strengthens the unity and the perception of it. Inaccessible to the mind bound up in its own self-interest. Seeing water, seeing water. Seeing oneself in others. Mind, body. Different name. Different form. But still body. Still mind. And though this may deepen, And though this awareness, this seeing may become more steadfast in one's life with a vision and a seeing, it can well be mistaken for the consummation. And though in the course, of any spiritual development, any deep inner yearning and quest for the truth of things. Certain experiences, important, valuable, illuminating, light bringing, hope bringing, transcendental, whatever they might be called, though there can be these arising of numerous experiences, still however, it may not be the consummation, and probably isn't, the consummation of the quest for truth. And very quickly, in the mind's quest for truth, and few beings really yearn with their heart for the truth. Very, very few. In the very quest, in the yearning for truth, the mind, the heart, and that inner longing which is taking place rather easily wants to identify and label and announce, at least inwardly to oneself, that in the course of spiritual development, such and such experience such-and-such such an event is a reality, is the truth. And in that very action, in that very labelling and identifying, something has happened. something has happened. Are we still together? Two things, it seems to me, has happened. One is, that in the mind's quest for truth, it so often falls short of finding truth true reality, it so often falls short of finding God. And in falling short, attempts to find security in the form of experience. In the form of experience. And the mind in its yearning, and in its great quest, the very experience, no matter how rare, how unusual, how different, how transcendental, is still in a state of limitation. There may certainly be the intimations of something else. There may certainly be the intimations of something other, vast and profound and deep. But the very character of experience is its transience. One endeavours to say, one endeavours to satisfy oneself by saying that it's a transient experience of something beyond transience. And in the accompanying of that experience, in the very taking place of that experience, whatever that experience may be, how strange, unusual, rare, extraordinary there accompanies it either at that time or subsequent to it the arising of the experiencer the arising of the experiencer I me. What I have got, what I have found. And with the thought, and with the sustained motion of the mind yet again, the I, the me, is solidified. And in the very solidification, there is alienation. This experience which I have had. Mystical experience, light-bringing, hope-bringing, valuable, illuminating, powerful, changing one's life is not the consummation. intimations of something else, but not the consummation, not the fulfilment. Is it possible, in seeing the limitations of all things, In seeing in the limitations the solidification of something and the accompanying alienation and separation, is it possible to leave behind not only greed and anger and confusion, not only blind clinging and grasping not only the conceit and the arrogance of the mind, the spiritual conceit and the spiritual arrogance, but is it possible also to leave behind the field of experience? Is it possible? Is it possible to be in such a way, that nothing, nothing whatsoever, is taken up? Is it possible? And with nothing being taken up, utterly nothing, nothing whatsoever, not fragmentation, not unity, nothing whatsoever. Is that to see and know something other? which is no longer other which needs no experience for proof Is that possible? When nothing is taken up Not even birth Not even ageing Not even even death And with nothing to lay down Can there be that seeing? That immeasurable seeing? That limitless seeing? May all beings see into life. May all beings see into life experiences. May all beings be with that beyond measure.